Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Star Sound Speaks. This is your host, Irliana Samsara of Star Sound Astrology. And I'm so excited because we finally, 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 <laughs> after months of trying, persistence pays off. Cassandra Tyndall is joining us from Australia. Hello, Cassandra. Hello. How are you? Yes, we finally got together after all my Neptune Midheaven moments, but we finally connected. So thank you so much. It's been wonderful to have some pre-chat with you and finally get talking I'm so excited thank you yeah yeah and uh, and let's face it this is the the most um I guess it's like the Super Bowl uh moments the when we have our clips eclipse season it's yeah. the Super Bowl of astrology so um yeah so I thought today um you know what we're what Cassandra and I are going to talk about are the eclipses and I wanted to um you know, we're going to just share about, um, you know, what is this, the potential for these in the collective and personally. So, you know, as as most everybody knows, we have our first eclipse, the solar eclipse is at uh, in Scorpio. And it, I think it's two degrees. Yeah, two. Very interesting. Two degrees of Scorpio, two, two, two. And I might even um, let me grab my um, I can even just pull up the chart. of the Oh, United fantastic. Planet. Yeah, I've got it up. But, you know, yep. If you got it, that's even better. I don't have the Australia's chart, but I have the U.S. Will you forgive no, that's me? Okay. That's okay. That's uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're down under and from the future. It's all a bit weird down here. It's all bit, I know. It's, yeah. So uh, what I'm looking at is I'm, I'm just going to pull up my, um, the uh, chart for Washington, D.C. and the clock now. Okay. So here's the chart. And we have, um, and this will be for the um, the lunar eclipse, is right here. Um, in our time, it's um, Eastern Standard Time. It's 6.48 in the morning on October 25th. As we can see, this is taking place um, two degrees, you know, new moons, uh, new moon solar eclipse, um, two, two, two. I thought that was very interesting. Two degrees mm -hmm. all together, the sun, moon, yeah. and and a Venus, um, Venus not exactly in the most fun place in Scorpio, um, and uh, you know, and the Moon, you know, the Moon in, is is in its fall, so um, you know that gives us pause for a little bit here. So maybe if you can just start, Cassandra, by just you know, just so many people. By the way, if you're new to the channel, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome, welcome, and um, we're just going to give a basic description of what is an eclipse and why should we care so yeah well one thing yeah there's a couple of things with eclipses I mean I could talk about eclipses until Christmas but um we generally see them as disruptions of the regular lunation cycle you know they are these sort of little blips on the radar where um we have, you know, we can have a new moon, for instance, at two degrees of Scorpio at any old time. But what makes it um, an eclipse different is that that moon and the sun and the earth are all in alignment. And so one of the bodies, in this case, it's going to be the sun, is blocked by the light of the moon. So it makes it a little bit well, I shouldn't say a little bit, but it makes it more ominous. It makes it more eerie. It makes it more spectacular um, visually, of course. Um, but I do sometimes grapple with the idea of disruption, which is often 
the way that eclipses uh, sort of are described. And while that's true, because it's a, a different vibe or feeling to the rhythm of our regular lunations, when we have regular new moons, I'm just going to talk in new moons for the moment. When we have regular new moons, even if uh, that lunation takes place, let's just say to Scorpio, even though the zodiacal alignment would be a two, it may not be on the same declination. Right. Okay. So we wouldn't have any bodies shadowing each other. But when we have an eclipse, they are on the same declination, you know, with the sun, moon, and earth, all kind of not only in zodiacal alignment, but also in um, like physical alignment. And why I kind of is disruption the right word? Because when you think about it, when an eclipse happens, we've got a perfect line, like a perfect line of sight, line of communication to these bodies. Okay. So it's almost like every other lunation is the disruption, but an eclipse is sort of like a channel of energy that's very pure and it's very, uh, you know, different because they are, you know, that only happens sort of four times a year-ish, you know, depending. Um, so, yeah, the eclipses themselves are, while they're disruptive because they're different, I think they're more pure in their energy. Um, they are tend to be difficult to predict in some ways because of that uh, disruptive. I keep coming back to that word, even though I'm not so fond of it, but because it's a bit different, they do tend to be a little bit uh, like a wild card, if you like, like the joker mm. in the pack of cards where does it mean this thing or does it mean that thing? So from a predictive standpoint, they're not um, very simple to predict though of course we can look at the sign we can look at the ruler we can look at aspects to get a general vibe or feeling for perhaps the collective influence of the eclipse and then we can uh, sort of transpose those uh, collective meanings into the house topics of our own birth chart and even though eclipses are tricky to predict they do have a regular rhythm and cycle. So in the sense that it was 2012-13 when we had the eclipse cycle in the same signs, mm -hmm. but the north node was in Scorpio that time. And then, of course, nine years before that, I think memory 2002-2003 could be wrong, um, then we had the same alignment there. So the closest eclipse cycle that we had in these signs were... 2012-2013. So they may be similar yet different. You know, the house axis is still active in your own birth chart. So when you're starting to think about this upcoming, upcoming eclipse cycle, it can be helpful to think about, okay, what was sort of going on? What was disruptive? What was a little bit, uh, you know, sort of crazy in a sense back in 2012-13 when the eclipse cycles were taking place in the same sign axis. So I guess in a nutshell, you know, that's a little bit of a, a background and a backstory about eclipses. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and I always think of the, um, when you talk about disruption there, um, you know, I, I say it jokingly, but it's it's real, you know, like the um, the idea of like the Maytag washer and spin cycle, spinning, you know, the final, before the cycle ends, it just spins. <laughs> and it's like, it can feel that way. Um, and uh, you you can't see, you know, it's like you're, you're, the lights are out. So, yeah, that's why it's not not the good time. To, you can't see clearly. So that's why I always tell people, let's make sure, you know, not to 
undertake anything important or serious because the lights are out. Like if yeah. you, you bake a cake, if it's when the lights are out and you're trying to measure, you know, the flour and the sugar and it's like, okay, you know, it's tough. Yeah. And I think that's really one important uh, thing with eclipses is, um, you know, the, the idea that one light source is blocked. In this case, it's the light of the sun, which is our primary source of light, mm, uh, right. energy, vitality, Reality. radiance, all of those types of ideas. And when that is blocked, there is, um, I guess, an invitation to, to pull your solar energy in, uh, maybe hibernate a little bit, uh, withdraw, pull back, even more so in Scorpio. But um, there's something, the idea of something that's seen becomes unseen to be seen again. So there's kind of like a, a knowing, then an unknowing, and then a, a re-knowing. So there's that sort of process of a little bit of confusion or uncertainty. Um, you know, when you have a, a uh, I don't know if you call them a blackout uh, in the US where the power yeah. goes out sort of bit, you know, you might be just going about your everyday life at home, you know, cooking dinner, doing whatever, all of a sudden, you know, storm comes in, what have you, power goes out and it's, oh my God, you know, it's just that moment of Disruption. Like panic or where are the candles, where are the torch? Um, if you've got children, you know, they're like, mom, mom, you know, what's going on? And, um, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And then the lights come back on and then it's like, ah, oh, it is a bit of a relief because to, you know, light is such a primordial um, thing in the sense it's not just about visibility and actually being able to see what you're doing or where you're going, but it's also about knowledge. It's about that innate wisdom you know, the idea of light is to know something that you didn't know before, but to be in darkness is almost ignorance or um, unawareness. You know, we don't ever sort of think about being in the dark, being uh, a sign of awareness or knowing. Like we say, oh, thank God she woke up and saw the light and left that job or left that man or whatever the situation is. There's an mm. idea of light being uh, like a pathway or a yellow brick road of sorts. And so when that light is blocked, there's you're turn, really turning that energy inwards. And for some people, like that's a natural uh, way of being. Um but for others, it can be quite scary and daunting as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And and when you think about the the um, the sun, I love in, in traditional astrology. Oh, by the way, I forgot to say, everybody, um, <laughs> Cassandra is um, trained in traditional Hellenistic astrology, but and also modern. Like most of us, we started out modern, and so there's this hybrid. And by the way, before I forget, she is. You have also seen her. If you haven't, definitely want to check out the Water Trio podcast. It's Cassandra and Alicia Yusuf and Kelly Surtees. And so the girls are getting back together. So that's another yeah. Um, great, yeah. But anyway, just <laughs> wanted to put that little plug in there. Oh, yeah, we forgot the intro, but that's okay. We're talking yeah. eclipses, so everything's a bit disruptive and crazy, right? Right. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I know you have presented in like Norwak and UAC and, you know, just uh, really a phenomenal um, teaching background and continues to do that. So just want to give that, um, you know, the little, um, you know, high five there. But yeah, so talking about the, I love the 
when I learned traditional astrology, I loved when, um, you know, our understanding of the nodes is, is really distinct from what we learned in the modern. So like the, oh, so much. how would you describe the, the South node, this upcoming eclipse South node of Scorpio? Like, you know, we, we think of the uh, in evolutionary astrology, which I definitely studied a lot of, you know, Jeffrey Wolf Green and, and um, mm. uh, Stephen Forrest and such. Um, but it's, you know, what like past life, karma, baggage, or, or we're, or we, we have a PhD, but we know that that's not going to serve us in the future as we evolve. We want to let go of that comfort zone. It's like what I love when, how, how Adam, um, Adam Ellenbos, my, my traditional astrology teacher, he, he called it that it's what you, what you escape to. The North Node is like what you hunger for. And I love that. The, the South Node is what you escape to. So I just wanted to ask you, like, you know, how do you, how would you delineate that? Or how do you like to word it? Yeah, they're sort of two sides of the same coin in a sense. And, you know, the idea of hunger and escape could also be seen as, um, you know, maybe hunger and release. So, you know, the North Node tends to, you know, if you think about some of the, like there's no matter kind of which philosophy you explore, pretty much every culture in the world has some type of serpent dragon that devours humanity. And then you have this cathartic experience when you realize the purpose of life kind of thing. And, you know, there's always some sort of snaky dragon-ish type of vibe to to the nodes. And um the king cobra is the you know when you think about the sign or the symbols or the glyphs of the nodes uh, there's really the only thing in nature that really relates to to that is the king cobra and so um you know you can google image that and you, you see oh my god there's the nodes on the back of the snake and so that will sort of inform you oh so this is the, the link to the snakes the link to the glyphs etc etc and so, you know, if you get bitten by a snake, a king cobra in particular, as that, you know, snake is coming toward you and the mouth opens and the fangs are out, you will see coming at you on the back of that snake's head, the symbol of the North Node. So it is wow. that symbol of devouring. Okay? I had no that idea. Of consuming, of um, poison as well. You know, the nodes do have... Um, a, a link to sort of poison and but also the poison can also be the medicine right. um it's all very dosed. Scorpio right <laughs> yeah it's you know it's very dosed you know uh even the best cure in the world can be poison if the doses dosage is wrong right um and then once the snake has bitten you and had its fill it will then you know release the fangs and it will slither away from you and that's when you see the south node as it turns away from you. Um, so I feel that the, the, the snake, the King Cobra image is, you know, a really good um, kind of, you know, way to sort of explore some of the symbolism, you know, the idea of, you know, what you're hungry for. And then, you know, that idea of turning away from something. And when people, you know, this is a South Node eclipse. So when people have South Node transits or um, South Node issues <laughs> they often you know release like go purge you know and it just feels like oh like 
oh, I don't want to lose it, my career if it's in the 10th house, or I don't want to lose my money if it's in the second right. But I don't, it's not always about that. Another way I often describe it to students is if you, you know, if you've ever had to try and feed an older baby, you know, when they're in the age, when they're in the high chair and you come in, oh, come on, you know, like you do the airplane thing and what have you. And doesn't matter how much you try and convince that child, you know, you've got to finish your vegetables. When they've had enough, it's they just right. they slam their hand down, they push, push you away. Right. No is the first word. No. And <laughs> that's very South Nodal to me because what we also have to remember with the South Node is we've, you know, if you think about it, they're always in that perfect alignment, Right. Uh, they can only be in exact opposition to each other. So the South Node can also show what you've already filled up on. Mm. It's not just, oh, I'm letting go or I'm losing. You've already overflowed or you've had too much. Like when you have had your fill of food, you know, Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas dinner, whatever it is, and you get to that point, oh, I I can't even fathom another bite you know what I mean that's very south node because you've or sometimes it's important to remember that opposition and go I've already had my fill of something and this is maybe my time to you know detox or let go of things so as an example um I do a lot of uh you know sort of bodybuilding powerlifting stuff so I'll go through phases of um eating a surplus of calories uh, to build that muscle tissue. Mm. And then I get to that point where trying to chow down in excess of 3000 calories in a very, Oh my goodness. 3000 calories. Gee. Especially when you're trying to do it as healthily as possible. It's like, I feel like I'm having this massive North node experience, which I'm quite happy with, with the way my chart is. But then I get to the point where I'm like, oh man, I, oh, I just can't fathom the idea of food. It's like, right. I've hit the wall. I've got to, you know, go into a deficit to take off, shed off some of that excess. Cause you know, a little bit of body fat comes on in the process and, yeah, so, you know, it is these, um, it's a pendulum, right? And I think pendulum. it's really important to remember the opposition. Like we can hone in on the South Node in Scorpio, but remember the North Node is still in Taurus. And so when it mm-hmm. comes to our own birth charts, you know, obviously everyone's thinking, what's what's the eclipse in for me? Um, one of the ways I've described the, um, the axis of Taurus and Scorpio is, Taurus is very much about the simplicity and Scorpio is a little bit more about complexity. complexity. Yeah. So it's like, where have you escaped in the complexity? Where have you lost yourself in complexity? And maybe it's a little bit about, okay, there's also the Taurus side of it. And in some respects, I think Taurus can thrive really well with the KISS rule, you know, keep it simple, stupid, you know. <laughs> it's just, you know, if you feel that, it's too much overwhelm or complexity or, uh, you know, toxicity or what have you. Like we don't have to reinvent the wheel with things. It's come back to simplicity with that Taurus North Node as well. And and with the uh, Uranus in the mix, with Uranus in these eclipses, right? That's, that's yeah. talk about a wild card, right? So that's like get back to simplicity, get back to basics now. And I think of like all the... Um, 
the forest fires and, and the wildfires, we've had really bad, bad drought. And I'm sure you've read about, you know, in this country with the California fires out West and in, in drought and, you know, just that extreme weather, which is such a yeah. hallmark of Uranus and Taurus. And then when the eclipses come in those signs, it's like, whoa, it's just in everybody's face. Yeah. So, it's, it's intense. Yeah. And just the idea of, you know, sort of speaking to sort of, you know, weather and, um, you know, fundamental needs, which is very Taurus, you know, really the fundamental needs is um, obviously food, shelter. And, um, and then I think from the hierarchy of needs, once the basics are covered, then the next one is that sense of belonging, you know, the psychological Mm. need to belong. And I think perhaps, you know, the last almost three years now, um, you know, things have got very complex. Things have really kind of been, um, you know, toxic in a sense. And one thing I've sort of been suggesting to clients and you know, and just in conversations with people is obviously it wasn't the case for everybody, but there was a, a certain, a certain uh, vibe with when lockdowns first began and it was kind of nice in some respects to get back to simplicity where maybe you didn't have to rush to do the school run or rush to get to work and being on the clock or Mm. um, just when all of those kind of complex peripheries of life were kind of eradicated. Yeah. Then it was like, okay, well, I've got time to cook for my family or I've got time to, obviously there was other stresses too, but then, you know, I've got, things just became really simple and then you know then life kind of somehow wound back up a little bit again and now and I'm like did you forget about like the simplicity of things and uh so somehow we've kind of now kind of just gone back to a certain point to the crazy of life and I think this eclipse with taught with you know Venus um in Scorpio so the ruler of the north node is kind of like going but hang on a minute remember remember what you know the north node in Taurus is about that sort of simplicity um back to basics back to earth back to um that that sort of thing and one other thing about this eclipse everything's lined up at two and the third degree of Scorpio which technically this is is uh the maximum degree of four for the moon so three degrees is um the exaltation degree of the moon three taurus and so naturally this is the exaltation degree or the maximum degree of fall you know technically three you know this is two and stuff um so there is a real level of like this is kind of the bowels of hell in terms of eclipses um in some respects so you know that's just another level of um sort of i guess essential dignity and ways to kind of pull apart some meaning to the eclipse so it is you know and some people might be thinking oh god that's so bad you know blah 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 but you know sometimes things have to get to that bottom point before you can bounce back up you know and so maybe this in the collective 
um, which, you know, from a hoary or a mundane astrology perspective, the moon does symbolize that. So the moon is literally blocking the light of the sun at that maximum degree of fall. And it's almost like the moon is the collective or the people blocking the light of the sun, which can mean solar figures, authority figures, people in positions of power. So it's going to be, I think in some ways things have to, you know, Scorpio, they have to be broken down. They have to decay. They have to rot so badly before it's like, okay, you know, my tooth is hurting so much. I now have to go and get it extracted or I have to go and do whatever it is. Right. So from a collective point, um, uh, like a lady I used to work with, um, she's like many moons ago, she's a brilliant, um, sort of psychotherapist and counselor and all the all the things and you know back in my early 20s when I was working with her I remember her saying you know people won't seek help until they get so damn uncomfortable in their own skin the only choice they have is to change and so I think this Scorpio eclipse will be that point on the personal level in some charts and some people's lives and on the collective like things just have to get so rotten so toxic so like unbearable yeah, before yeah. you just go, something has to give, something has to change. Um, and yeah. I feel like we're sort of at that point. So there is that, well, I hope we are. <laughs> so there yeah. is that 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 exalts the maximum uh, degree of fall. Then another level of essential dignity is the Egyptian terms and bounds, mm. um, which oh. I really love working with. Do you want me to pull them up? Let me, uh, uh, if you wish yeah so yeah, that yeah. is um so the second degree of school two degrees of scorpio is in the exaltation of mars i'm oh, not the exaltation sorry the term rulership of mars so we've got this you know from an eclipsy point it's um it's the ruler okay so the ruler mm-hmm. of the yeah. lunation is mars and the degree of the lunation or the eclipse is in the term rulership of mars okay so that's just another level another way to try and extract some meaning from that so when a you know obviously it's not like um it's not the idea so can you just double check actually i can do it here oh there I just it is wanted i'm so sorry i'm like my brain is like okay how do i pull up that dang thing no that's okay <laughs> i just okay no so and i just wanted to double check at the time of the eclipse mars will be at 25 you know, yes. at that station degree so it's just left the its own term rulership and this is probably be a bit complex for some people but um the idea is that when a planet is in its own uh you know bound lord if you like it's got a little bit more power or a little bit more resources or a little bit more oomph right so it's almost like it set the rules and it's yeah, like, yeah 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 um but obviously for the eclipse mars is in the bounds of saturn but you know so there's there's that but i guess there's what i'm trying to explain is that there is an additional mars emphasis with this lunation two degrees of scorpio being in the bound ruler of mars okay mm, right so heavy a heavy bit, mars, mars signature yeah, yeah you know exactly it's just we've got mars mars sort of thing um you know so i do think that you know, let's talk about some of the significations of Mars, right? It's yes. the idea of def- defending and protecting. You know, I know I mean, that's a big, that's a big war, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, they're very yeah. obvious. But I guess what I was thinking is that um, 
I know in the US there's been a lot of talk recently about um, gun laws and stuff like that. So, yes. you know, the right to defend and protect, which is a big part of your, uh, I think it's the Second Amendment for you guys. Yes. So, you know, like that is going to be perhaps on the table. And as you said, um, you know, war, um, cutting away things. You know, Mars is that, you know, I'm going to, cut this out of my life or I'm going to cut this away blah 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 so there's that big Mars signature but Mars is in Gemini uh, an air sign Mars doesn't cope so well in air signs because Mars is a planet that needs traction it needs a job to do needs a mission to accomplish something to attack but Mars and Gemini is a bit like Nemo right oh this shiny thing and that shit was a Dory one of the ones you know right, that fish right. yeah yeah that's oh, Helen here, there, AD, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, it's like, oh, this shiny thing and that shiny thing. So that's that's very fatiguing. It's very tiring. It's very mentally, um, you know, there's taxing. a taxing. Thank you. Yeah. Very uh, like an anxiety level. As an example, like I found myself even just finding Instagram just too much, too much bombarded with images and people's opinions and music I don't like but maybe YouTube I've found a little bit more like the longer form or just a little bit okay like um manageable. a little bit more uh yeah manageable thank you I'm losing my words <laughs> so I guess you know the takeaway from that little sort of sidebar is that you know this eclipse is really about you know not to you know, to add another layer, Mars is at the station degree and squaring Neptune. So it's just sort of um, the, the level of information that we are presented with every day, uh, factual, uh, propaganda, blatant lies is just phenomenal right now. And so sometimes, you know, take that sword that martian sword and cut things away it's really about managing your energy resources we talk a lot about time management but we don't talk about our energy management and so if you're scrolling or you know just stop you know pull your energy back in you know that moon shadowing the the sun and um you know taking you know the energy is very fatiguing and scorpios are very detoxifying purifying type of sign and you know yourself like when you're doing any type of process of detoxing whether mm -hmm. that's physically through diet or exercise whether you're um, trying to you know clean out a room in your home what have you um, sometimes things get worse before they get better yes that's, you know what I mean yeah healing crisis it was that yeah. a Herzheimer reaction I think that's what they call it yeah. yeah, I know sometimes, you know, I, do, I go on a bit of a cleaning frenzy and my son, who's only eight, he's like, like but everything's so much messier. And I was like, yeah, but that's part of the process. You've got to make a mess before it gets clean again. Right. And, you right. know, and I think sometimes, you know, where things are at collectively is very messy. Um, and I like that you brought up the war as well, because when you look at the eclipse path, um it, it really does highlight, um, let me just bring up my screen. I know I'm not the host, so we won't see that, but it's, you know, covering uh, sort of the, I guess, northwest tip of Africa, a big part of um, Eastern Europe as well. So, and Russia. Oh, so we've, yeah. So this uh, solar eclipse um, is you basically. Do you want me to pull that up? Do you want me to grab that eclipse path? 
Oh, yeah, if you can, it's just, I've just looked mine up on timedate.com. So we've got, you know, uh, Sweden, Finland, Estonia, Belarus, Ukraine, Russia, Georgia, Armenia, um, Iraq, Iran, you know, all of the sort of stand countries, Pakistan, India, Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan. Um, right, the stand, the stand. All the stands, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and they are very much uh, hotspot points because we're often, you know, there's a lot of talk about just Russia and Ukraine, but um, a lot of sort of what maybe people aren't so clued into is that a big part of what's going on is also you know what's happening in all the stands and the islamic caliphate and all of that sort of stuff so um all of that is just going to be really kind of pinged by this eclipse and because it's a solar eclipse they tend to be um, a little bit more longer lasting in their effects yes yes they really do from a mundane perspective yeah Right, right. And solar too, not only the world leaders and monarchs, but also, um, you know, in terms of our own personal transformation, it's like our soul purpose, our life path. When you think about the sun, the the eternal unchanging principle, or what, you know, Adam always called the spirit soul, as opposed to the moon, which is the physical body and the change and fortune and the material realm that it addressed. Yeah. Yeah, So, you know, even in the the historical text, you'll often, you know, solar eclipses is the death of a king or the death of someone powerful or important. And uh, there's been a lot of um, presidents and prime ministers across the, you know, the world have been ousted. Um, whether that is from their positions of power or whether they've actually died or being killed. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, there is this sort of south node in Scorpio lunar, sorry, solar eclipse. It's like a changing of the guard in a sense, a changing of power. And obviously we've had, you know, the death of the queen uh, at the helm of the British monarch and, um, you know, we're in this you know and whatever your thoughts are on that is kind of irrelevant but the point being is that you know a 70-year reign when a empire is crumbling it was something that was stable and enduring and I saw some statistic where uh, something like 90% of the people alive on this planet were born under her reign. Like that's a really unique yeah. thing and that's gone. Right. And that's- whenever, and it doesn't matter who's in power. And I mean, you know, her power is probably more symbolic than anything else, but because, right. um, you right. know, even Australia, part of the Commonwealth, she doesn't, they're, they're kind of politically neutral. They don't get involved with anything, but. Right. Um, it's the symbolic thing. It's the symbolically, yeah, you know, yeah. having that sort of, um, and it, you know, if you look at history, whenever there's a, you know, the Emperor of Rome kind of changed every week, that was a period of great instability, you know. Um, right. Whenever um, empires or dynasties had changes of the guard, people are going to scramble for power. And yeah. I feel that that's this eclipse is really going to bring that out on the collective level. And, uh, you know, not to mention like, you know, Pluto will square the um, eclipse point on its ingress in March. And 
Oh, so many things we could oh, talk right, about. Right. This. Yeah. Pluto's on, on its way, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's right. It's going to be right on our USA Pluto return. It'll go one more time mm. over 27. It's at, right at Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <Pluto> <laughs> in the house. <laughs> I mean, but to, but to be fair, I think the, um, the USA Pluto return really began in 2008. It's just reaching that sort of critical mass as it hits that degree right now. Um, yeah, because that's when we had the banks, the GM failure and Goldman Sachs and all of that, you know. Uh, well, they Lehman Brothers and all Lehman of that. Brothers, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And so a lot of those truths and things are sort of coming out now, a lot of stuff. So, yeah, but I think the eclipse for people is energy management. Um, mm-hmm. That's a big one. yeah our personal energy management as well as the collective when i think about personal energy management i think of with scorpio it's like people who are vampiric who are like sucking energy you know what they call energy vampires Mm. you know like think about that if this is hitting your if these if these eclipses are hitting sensitive points in your chart and we really do have to look at that And, and even if they're not it just generally speaking we have to really look and cut those people out of our life that are have been draining us ways of being survival patterns control over control you know Mm. like like under my thumb that that shadow of scorpio that wants to control everything but there's stagnation in that control like think of you know water stagnant water fixed water sign right so that stagnancy is is what that south node is like look we got to purify this this is this is not benefiting anybody and it's just going to keep poisoning us if we if we keep on doing this. So even though you want to hang on, guess what? The universe comes in and goes, we're going to do it for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> we're going to uh, dredge those waters for you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah one thing. Think about it. We'll do it for you. Yeah. Especially with an eclipse. Um, one thing I think too with Scorpio, um, it it's it's sort of like a submarine like and in this way that it works from a sonar radar they can see that they can just sense the energy or the shifting tide um there's that sort of vibrational intuitive it's not necessarily like downloading or whatever it's like vibrational sonar radar type of thing and so when we have mars in an air sign squaring neptune you know i think it's the idea of it doesn't have to make logical sense why you're taking this action or why you're confused about this thing or when it comes to making decisions and choices it's almost if it just feels right from an energy perspective energetic perspective then that's the direction you need to go in or what you need to to cut away or or let go of or, and in order to move towards because that Mars square Neptune is definitely adding a level of complexity and confusion and so as you were saying you know the idea of the south node what you want to escape into you really want to make sure that you kind of like making choices that feel right you know this is a water eclipse after all you know Scorpio being that water sign what feels right it doesn't have to be logical it doesn't have to be practical but let go of the outcome and explore 
the mystery or the wonder because there is a magical quality to Scorpio as well. You know, they mm, do want yeah. to, um, you know, truth, trust and loyalty is such a primary component, that deep intimacy. But you've got to let go of the control. You've got to let go of that uh, almost sort of shadow side of manipulation and power to really kind of maybe Taurus it up a little bit and smell the roses, smell the beauty, smell the, or feel into the, just the way things are, as opposed to what you think they should or could be. So, right. you know, I think when you kind of let go, you know, what is that Carl Rogers saying? Um, the psychologist Carl Rogers, the, the paradox is that when you accept yourself for who you are, it's then you can change. So mm -hmm. sometimes it's the idea of, okay, well, I'm going to let go of the control or I'm going to get let go of, you know, anything that's toxic or how I might be holding on to emotions or grudges. Or how I want um, it to be versus how it really is. Yeah. And, and then you, then you can change, you know, that transformation yeah. that we often link to, to Scorpio. Um, there was something else that I thought was going to be, um, but I've lost it now. Oh, um, I'm sure it'll yeah. come back. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone I've gone into the zone but um, no, that's that's good we're in the zone yes yeah so I mean you know I think there is certain a certain mystery and magic as well when you want to dive in a little bit deeper mm, but if you've yes. gone to you know like and embrace the unknown the, like yeah. don't be afraid of you know we all want our comfort zone we have we want our comfort when the lights go out we're like oh no it's not comfortable it's not how we normally live but if we can just let go into that into the unknown and resources think about scorpio like insurance money other people's money estates wills trusts inheritances like these are all getting completely broken down and reinvented so mm. um you know not not to be afraid because I I used to talk about you know when um like the like a bad tooth uh, if you have a baby tooth and then the baby the baby tooth the the little the adult tooth is coming in and it, remember how it would hurt as a kid you know and, and mm. little by little it would push up and push up and it's like you realize this is an old tooth it, it worked for a while but it's no longer useful so it's painful that process but it's like it's something that has to occur for the long term. Mm sustainability when you think about scorpio being it regenerates it destroys first but then it regenerates you know so well, you, you know how generative quality yeah that reminds me of you know how sometimes uh in certain astrological imagery the um this animal of scorpio sometimes gets misrepresented as a lobster as opposed to the scorpion like sometimes you'll see a lobster instead of the scorpion <laughs> oh really i don't know yeah, yeah sometimes you do and, is that what um, you do in australia you confuse those two because i know <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't think it's yeah no no it's definitely <laughs> not that but um no it, it is a thing like sometimes you know in just sort of pop astrology or what <clears> you find on the internet i'm like that's okay. not a scorpion that's a lobster <laughs> anyway but in some respects um it's not entirely wrong symbolically because when a lobster has to grow, it has to push, it has to grow and break its own 
shell, yeah. like its own yeah. exoskeleton. Then it gets bigger, it regrows another shell, and then, of course, the process happens over and over again. And so that's a very painful uh, process for the lobster. So in order to, to grow and to evolve and to expand, you know, while that can sometimes happen under um, exciting happenings, but often when it comes to emotional side of things, when it comes to uh, past pain and past hurt, those are uncomfortable processes. Um, like the idea of, you know, people won't seek help until they're so uncomfortable, until they reach that rock bottom or that breaking point. Now, one thing that I wanted to mention, it's come back to me now that I thought might be helpful for people is, um, you know, it's a Mars ruled eclipse. Um, yes. You know, Mars is at the station degree. And and, when there, and out of bounds a few days before. I think it's the 20th. Oh, it goes okay, out yeah. of bounds. And you know, oh. Cassandra, it will not leave out of bounds until May. Wow. Ah, oh, my God. Yeah. So this okay. is... Uh, uh, retrograde on steroids isn't it yeah. um but one thing i see um commonly in charts um when the south node and mars are, are paired in some way it's anger mm, yeah and you know that boiling you know, over when yeah when we're talking about a scorpio eclipse maybe it's the the emotions that you're holding and you don't even recognize that you are or past pain or past hurt you know that purging of anger or that purging of deep emotions is um, is painful and it's cathartic, but it's also very healing and transformative. Mm. Um, some of people may already know, but I'm a huge Metallica fan, <laughs> massive <laughs> Metallica fan. And back we, in- We couldn't um, smell. Look at you with your, <laughs> your little hair in the bun. The glass. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I don't even have a Metallica shirt on today, which is very rare. But anyway, um, in 2002, I think, um, there was a documentary, you know, Some Kind of Monster. And I won't go into it because, you know, a lot of people obviously don't share the same passion I have. <laughs> but the, there was one scene in the movie where, or in the documentary, where the psychologist that was working with the band was trying to help you know, because anger and competitive anger was a very big driving force of the band. But like anything, sometimes what got you here won't get you there. So the survival mechanisms, maybe the emotions, maybe the past right. pain of your own life is the sticking point or the blocking point that's going to prevent you from leveling up or getting to the next stage of life. And um, there's one scene in the movie where uh, the drummer is encouraged to get the mic and um yell out the word you know um f-u-c-k <laughs> we'll keep it clear for youtube i mean i don't even think they care about that but anyway but you get the idea and you yeah. get it and you yell it out as loud and as long and as hard as you can and so again it's that purging i mean this is just a random example um, you know i've heard of therapists that you know if you're alone in your car on the freeway just yell yeah. and you say, no one can hear you but right. it's you, you've you've got this powerful vehicle and yeah and uh you know so sometimes that type of just getting it out to, and you know it doesn't have to be subjected onto others it's just for your own processes to just you know have that scream or have that cry and have that kind of purgative purifying experience and 
you know, sometimes just that good cry can be very healing. Right. Yeah. It's that raw primal mm. energy that's so scorpionic. Mm. Yeah. That it, it yeah. ends up the purging is in you know, yeah. and the healing that emerges yeah. becomes, you know, um, you know, and, you know, to sort of circle back a little bit to the queen and something I saw posted online, which I think is kind of very powerful and quite relevant to, to the eclipse in a sense is that, you know, sometimes um, the, when someone like, you know, whether it's the queen, whether it's, you know, somebody that, you know, like, I don't know, Mick Jagger or whoever it'll be, you know, the next person, right. Right. Um, give me all Keith Richards he'll probably live forever but you know um, (laughs) talk about Scorpio yeah but when somebody who like that dies what it does and there's a collective grief and what it does it kind of gently blows the flame of grief that we have all within us but we may not be able to Mm. identify or um share and so even though you may not necessarily like like personally mourn the person that has passed but when you can share in the collective grief there's that healing that happens and so you know this eclipse could um you know be a symbol of that because you know one thing that we all sort of share in common um the last three years you know we all are carrying collective grief and collective trauma for what's been going on, you know, whether we've had personal loss, personal loss of life, personal loss of income or jobs or a lifestyle um, or our, you know, just the inability to make big picture plans in a way that we used to be able to before um, has been very different. And that is, that's a thing. Um, And then you have, you know, the next thing and then the next thing and the next thing that's sort of happening in the universe um, and it compounds. And so this is a really good eclipse to be still, to feel into your body and let go of things that, um, you know, are holding you back from from joy. And And I would say too, in addition to that, it's like, the process by which we, we 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 may not even be aware of it in in that deep unconscious pattern, and then it, that the wonder of the eclipse is that it makes it very clear. Like, oh my God, I didn't realize. First of all, like you're confronted with this toxic way of being, and and it's like you don't even realize. It's like holy mm. moly, I've been hanging on to this thing. I don't even know it was there. So first, yeah. it's like when it shows up, it's like oh here it is, and then you're like oh, I, I had no idea. Like I, it was, it was sitting there all along, but I couldn't, it's not like, oh, I have this problem. I'm going to have to deal with it one day. It's like, no, we weren't even aware that we were carrying this. That's what's so powerful around a Scorpio process is that you, it, it makes the unknown or the unconscious conscious. And, and of mm. course in an eclipse, it's in a very powerful way in, in only the space of a couple of weeks these revealings that just come right up in your face and it's like yeah scary but man you look back and you're like boy you know mm, yeah and that's uh, that's a really good point because you know terms like power control empowerment they get thrown away thrown around I mean 
really easily. But I think that the real challenging part about the process, like that scorpionic process of empowerment and transformation is the realization first that has to happen that you go, oh shit, I gave my power away. Whether that's in a relationship, whether that's in a job, whether that's, you know, your own self-sovereignty and choices. And that's that sort of, oh, the light getting blocked. Oh shit. You know, that happened. And then it, then you kind of have that, that confronting experience of all those ding, ding, ding moments that go off in your mind, all the things I turned a blind eye to, because Venus is here too. So it's going to have a bit of a relating quality. All the times I turned a blind eye to that, all the times I said, sure. Yeah. Whatever. Go with the flow. What have you, but Scorpio, you know, Venus in Scorpio, this is Mm. taking back one's power in a relationship Mm. setting, whether it's relationship to global events, world events, your husband, your partner, whatever it is, right? Your cat, <laughs> who was always telling you, I want to go outside. Um, okay. so- <laughs> right? It's my sixth house and I'm having a few control issues with my main man, Winston. But anyway, um, um, yeah, and it's just that that moment of realization and it that can hurt because then you have to take responsibility for that back again obviously Saturn's in the mix via the square and then that's when that healing and that transformation can come back so you know I think perhaps for people like look at the house of your birth chart where is this taking place and where may have you given some of your power away in certain life situations and what can you do to um to you know change that narrative and, and reclaim some of that power um yeah. and power I think um is I think Jordan Peterson explained this really well he, you know power is often oh the patriarchy oh and this and oh and that but really power is competence and I really love that because mm, when someone like is that. competent they're powerful just because they can do what they do well. So it's really a vehicle for improvement, which is kind of transformational in of itself. So yeah, power, I think people, it's a loaded word for some people, but if we can maybe think about competence, you know, I'm reclaiming my competence with money or I'm reclaiming my competence in, in the way I relate to other people or my siblings or my husband or whatever the situation may be. So that could be like a bit more of a personal takeaway for people as well. Cool. Well, let me just, um, let's um, go to, if you wouldn't mind, let's go look at that lunar eclipse now. Sure. Yeah. Here's the lunar eclipse on um, November 8th, which is our USA midterm elections. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've had a lot of really doozy astrology around your election cycle recently, oh, haven't my, you? Oh, my God. Understatement. <laughs> and um, I, I, yeah, I, you know, I think in the presidential election, Cassandra, of 2020, I'm almost sure, wasn't Mars retrograde in there? Or did it just, oh, I think it just went direct like a week after election day so here we are mars retrograde at least now i mean again and um yeah it's just it's and and out of bounds and election day and we think about mercury and you know mars and mercury's house and mercury being like tabulating election results counting you know we've we've had this god-awful time in the last many elections with counting and corruption and you think about scorpio with 
you know, crime and corruption. And so here we are in this lunar eclipse and, uh, you know, <laughs> okay, um, Mercury in Mercury's house, Mercury in uh, Mars being retrograde and out of bounds. And uh, how we ever, I'm just going, how are we ever going to have an accurate count? Oh my God. Oh my God. I was like, this is, and it could drag on for God knows how long, you know, with, um, yeah, like it did with them um, in the 2000 and 2000 election when George Bush Sr. was elected and Al with a, ran against Al Gore. And I remember that did not get settled for like six weeks. The Supreme Court intervened and it was like this long process to officially declare the winner um it, yeah it dragged on for weeks so you know i'm just saying guys everybody get ready this is definitely an uncomfortable process but uh a lot mm -hmm. of revealing will happen and know, i mean uh look um i don't i mean i observe it but i don't pay a huge amount of attention to this sort of american political arena but one thing that really stands out from just looking at this chart is the fact that it um, all happens in the sixth and twelfth houses, um, yeah. and if my memory serves me correctly, that would also fall. I think um, Camilla has Gemini rising, so it would also be yep. uh, the same yep. houses. And I Biden think Harris, both he has Sag rising, doesn't he? But the Scorpio yes. stellium is that right? So yeah, it's also taking place in their houses as well. So yeah. I mean you know secret enemies hidden agendas self-undoing mm. you know and I feel just looking at this it is just like there's going to be a lot of stuff happening in the background unseen um unknown um that will you know because I mean like I, from my understanding the midterms will change a lot of the it will change the balance of power the president doesn't change but like other thing a lot of the other things change right, right. So, the yeah, balance yeah of thank you republican democrat and Congress. yeah I, I, I was thinking parliament but it's like no that's not the word <laughs> yeah. um uh yeah so i was just kind of trying to understand recently like what do the midterms actually mean you know um if well, look, look we've got this you you're honest yeah exactly yeah yeah moon. it's like oh my god the moon and yeah. the heart is the is the population of the country in mundane mundane yes, exactly and certainly it's like, talk about being jolted out of a comfort zone. Moon conjunct Uranus, exactly, partile conjunction, um, you know, and it's just, yeah. Now, and the moon's exalted. We can at least have, you know, hey, it's an exalted moon. So I don't know if that, does that mean it could be, it's just even more loud because sometimes exaltation doesn't, I don't think necessarily mean, it just has a lot of support, it has a lot of support for creating a lot of chaos with Uranus along for the ride, you know. Uh, yeah, well, I think it will definitely show uh, the instability of what is comfortable and the exaltation sort of just makes that more obvious and bigger. And it's a full moon eclipse, so lunar. So, you know, that's going to be, um, you know, the major uh, the major influence. You know, sixth house, this is going to be people like... Um, you know, your underpaid workers, right. perhaps your, you know, um, working class. Whether, yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, you know, the people who, are, what do you call them? Like uh, waitresses, waiters. Or, yeah. Right, you know, right. um, laborers, the labor, the laboring. Yeah. Employees. Yeah, 
right? Exactly. So clerical kind of, yeah, tradesmen. Correct. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's going to be um, a big issue, you know, health as well, you know, issues of, you know, sickness and disease and um, those sorts of things. Um, And, uh, you know, I'm not 100% sure of some of the more uh, internal dynamics of uh, the US, but I know in Australia, for instance, um, a lot of our, well, we call them premiers here, but, you know, basically our state governors, they are in the positions they are in, riding off the coattails of a pandemic. And now that that narrative is falling apart, um, you know, what do they have to hold on to with power, right? So I'm wondering if there is, you know, there would be certain states or certain politicians in your country that would also be, uh, you know, in similar situations. So, you know, having that full moon, north node, and Uranus, it's really going to be a little bit of a throwback to when Mars, Uranus, and the North Node came together mm-hmm. at 18 Taurus, sort of July becoming August. Really so, nice. you know, mm-hmm. there is a bit of a throwback to, you know, that, you know, it's what two degrees off, like barely, barely a difference. So, yeah, there is, you know, that component there. But um, I think what is p- possible out of that is perhaps the, um, Oh, you know, I don't want to say this in a derogative fashion, but, you know, the working people or the lower classes or the people who are going to be like really uh, in survival mode, uh, really liberating, breaking out, rebellion, that sort of thing as well. And I mean, obviously, I haven't been to the US since 2019, but Mm. Uh, some of the stories I've heard, just what the cost of things are for you guys now is just yeah. incredible. And I mean, you yeah. know, that's happening here, but obviously not to the same exorbitant extent. And it's not until the people who exalt themselves and, you know, liberate, basically, they rebel, you know, that's the only way that's going to stop what's going on is when people say no. So the solar eclipse might be that point of hitting that rock bottom. And it's not until you hit that rock bottom that you go, okay, we need to change. We need to transform. We need to turn this ship around. And it starts by reclaiming your power back. And this, the North Node solar, uh, sorry, lunar eclipse in Taurus is basically, you know, that right to be able to feed yourself, keep yourself uh, under a roof and not have to work yourself to the bone to do it just to make ends meet just to put food on the plate you know in the exalted moon and taurus there has to be a quality of life quality in of that life. process right. and i think you know that's kind of what i'm putting out there energetically is that people just go enough and this lunar eclipse could be um a symbol of that yeah, I think of too with like Amazon, there's been all these articles that have written about how the workers are watched and there's all these AI algorithms of how fast they pick up an item on the shelf and pack it up and or the drivers. And if you don't do it within a certain amount of predetermined time, they fire you without any, there, there's, it's like you get an email, like it's not even a person firing you. It's just, it's just horrendous. And, wow. you know, and they're all, and, and you could be caught in a, in a, you know, a, a rainstorm and you have slowed down with traffic and because you didn't get that package delivered by X date or time an hour, then you're getting fired and you've had a perfect 
but it's the weather, you know, it's like, it's just inhuman. Mm -hmm. So I see that Uranus conjunction with the moon. I'm going, hmm, wow, you know, rebellion against this, this automaton consciousness of, you know, having to deliver without any humanity there, you know, and, 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 and also robots, that's a really big issue too, the robots in industry. And are they going to, are people going to be rebelling because their jobs are getting replaced by robots, these worker craft jobs, sixth house, you know, so that it, there's all that totally. going on. Um, also with, you think digital currency with Bitcoin and all, and this behind the scenes maneuverings of, you know, getting all that at the digital wallet or whatever they, they've been calling it um yeah so they're like oh all yeah those those machines are coming for us all unless we say no unless yeah we have to stand up and hmm. yeah yeah I've um <laughs> you know even here like uh you know I'll go to you know like su the supermarket right just to pick up a few groceries and someone will say oh you can go use the self-serve checkout and I'm like sorry I don't work here Sorry, you don't work here. Yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't work for this company. Um, and it, and then sometimes, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm a bit of a rebel. But um, it's I like, love it. I'm like, well, why? Firstly, why would I actively participate in the erasure of your job? Right, right. I feel the same Cause, way because that's what I'm doing to you if I use this machine. Mm. A you know, um, Catherine Austin Fitz. So she actually used to be high up in the American Congress. I think she was something to do with um, like town planning or something. Um, I'll have, I ne I'll never remember what exactly she did, but she was very. Uh, oh, here, I got it. Uh, yeah, she yes. was the um, American investment banker and former public official who served as managing director of Dylan Reed during the presidency of um, George Bush. Ah, well, there you go. So I, I always get her role wrong, but she is fascinating. And she often has been talking about for years, the concept of shadow work, that with the development of AI and all of that, that consumers do more work to get their goods and pay even more for it. So oh, it's like, well, wow. yeah, yeah. And fascinating. Um, I yeah, didn't so know this, that. Holy and this no. is what happens. Um, and, you know, even going to, uh, we've got a, like a, a chicken, like a Portuguese chicken chain here called Nando's, which we really, I really love. And so does my son. And I want to take my son out for lunch or what have you. And then they try and get me to QR code the menu and order everything off the app. And oh. I'm like, no, yeah, I don't, right? I don't come here to go out to lunch with a friend or take my son out to be locked into a screen. I go out to escape that, you know, to. Um, you tell them, Cassandra, I, you tell them. <laughs> why do I have to work for that? That's what you guys are paid to do. So this is it. And like, there's a level of convenience to it too. And some people actually prefer that. But I think we also need to factor in, well, um, you know, I don't want to be actively not yeah, contributing right. to, you know, the 16 year old kid that wants a job after school or on the weekends or maybe an adult that has no skills or um you know hasn't got the you know like a 50 year old man with no skills is not going to be able to easily find work so but he could do you know check out chick at Woolies or what have you you know so um yeah I think that's something to because I mean what's happening like in your Amazon example 
I mean, I know Amazon is a massive company, particularly in the US, but Mm -hmm. this idea of being digitally controlled, that's just a microcosm of what they want to do on the macrocosm. Mm, yeah, it's the world's largest retailer, and they bought Whole Foods, which in this and I heard that. Yeah, leading... and they're going. Re- they've got some really bad reports of the way they, uh, like their HR in terms of the way they treat staff and stuff too. Right. Yeah. Mm. For, for long before they merged with Amazon, and so then you think of the Uranus conjunction with the Moon and Taurus. It's like, oh, you know, this this sudden takeover of the food supply or the you know, and and all that corporate you know wrangling that goes on yeah yeah it's I could definitely I'm just going to see where is um I'm going to pull it back up one more time just to show um where is Saturn and all that when I think of corporates and corporate oh, it's right um, in Boston and um authority figures here it is yeah it's, it's direct and, and it's, it's in range with the moon so again yeah, that thing of rebellion yeah it's squaring the nodes that's huge you know maybe not by degree but yeah there it is there's that rebellion with the corporate hierarchy Mm. and the Jeff Bezos's and all that wrangling and you know what's Mm. it going to take to have a a a fair equalitarian egalitarian society I think of this you know Saturn in the sign of Aquarius versus Capricorn you know and and so Mm. you know wanting to a visionary society that works for everybody that takes care of everybody versus the the corporate overlords yeah it's mm. a little showdown going on here and, and and it's not just the u.s it's you know mm. yeah it's everywhere it's pretty amazing yeah so. a lot of things um you know and just you know the bill gates and the you know owning all that land um you know uh a lot of the food production factories in the US all of a sudden burning down you know what I mean and um you know I'm on the other side of the Pacific and you know watching from afar and uh it's I think yes being a little bit more self self self-sustaining <laughs> that's how difficult to say under a Neptune Mercury transit um, and <laughs> <Right>. also also <laughs> um you know a certain level of that sort of sovereignty you know in the simplicity and, and reclaiming that I think and pushing back on on the little things will make a really big difference so mm. you know Taurus is hugely like it, it once it decides to move it'll move you know what I mean like it's right just, you know, push them and they'll resist. And I think this eclipse will be will be that, you know. Um, so many more people in this country have been embracing, you know, gardening and growing their own food and, you know, just good. going back to the na- nature and getting, um, you know, not just assuming that it's just going to be there in the, you know, I, I remember years ago, I had this wonderful boyfriend, who's a Virgo, and he used to say, um, he was always so conscious of the earth, God bless him. And he used to say, um, you know, when like he he tried to walk or take his bike as much as he could, even though it's, you know, it's really hot in Florida and, you know, but um, he would do it anyway. And he said, you know, it, it, to him, it was unconscionable that you could go. He said, can you, and I never forgot this. He said, you, you, I have to, if I want to buy a loaf of bread, I'm, I have to move a 2000 pound machine. In other words, his car to drive to get a loaf of bread to buy a loaf of bread i have to move a 2000 pound machine 
Now, if that's not a conversation for eclipses in Taurus and Scorpio with Uranus, you know, it's like, let's rethink this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think like the idea is the solar eclipse is sort of that hitting that rock bottom or that point of this has to change. This has, things are rotten enough. Things have to change and transform and then that Taurus eclipse is, you know, um, when you decide, even on the personal level, when you decide to make a, a significant change in your life, there's going to be people that will want to resist that or push back on you or, right. you know, try, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I, I think I need to change careers. And then, you know, someone turns around and says, no, stay safe, stay in the known, stay in the familiar, you know, and, you know, change is, is not an easy thing, but, one thing that's for sure, you know, with the Taurus and Scorpio axis, once that decision's made, good luck changing their mind. And so, you know, it, there can be a sort of a, a finality to it. And yes, while there are eclipses in Taurus and Scorpio in 2023, they're sort of those out of sign eclipses where, you know, right. the nodes are not yeah. uh, in the same sign. And so this right. is, this is the powerful part of the cycle. Um, and you know, definitely perhaps, um, I don't know if benign is quite the word, but we had some fairly decent astrology surrounding the previous eclipse cycle in May. You know, we had the Jupiter, Neptune, Venus, you know, there was some right. kind of sort of some sort of not like nicer stuff. Whereas this time around, it's just messy, messy, messy. But that's part of cleaning up. You know, I'm trying to teach my son that sometimes things have to get worse before you get them better. Right. So that's I think, you know, that's that's the eclipse cycle. That's this. And, you know, if you can push back in small ways, um, you know, you know, and sometimes I think, you know, am I this kind of anti-technology? Am I just sort of old and resisting the inevitable? I remember when my grandfather just refused to use an ATM. He wanted to take his passbook to the bank and, you know, do it that way. And I'm like, I don't want to, you know, am I like, you know, in th that kind of stage of my life right. where I'm just <laughs> resisting the change? And yeah. I don't think it's so much about that. I think, you know, the fact that we have so much technology now allows this conversation to take place. There's so many great things about technology, but so, who's controlling it and who profits from it at whose expense is where the questions need to be. Like, um, yeah, like, you know, the, the great reset is one thing, but who, who benefits from it? You know what I mean? And that's, yeah, yeah that's um an interesting, uh, line of conversation for another time yeah. perhaps sure mm. yeah excellent well i am so glad we had this chat this has been really really great yeah, i really thank appreciate you it. yeah it's always nice to chew the astro fat and you know explore <laughs> right. some ideas and, and what's uh coming down the pipeline so yeah thank you so much now if people want to get in touch with you CassandraTyndall.com. That's Cassandra, C-A-S-S-A-N-D-R-A, Tyndall, T-Y-N-D-A-L-L.com. I'll put it down in the comment section below. And please, you know, you guys leave your comments, um, questions. You can contact Cassandra directly. Uh, certainly, I love hearing your feedback about what you, where you think these uh, eclipses are, you know, what they'll be presenting and kind of breakdowns and breakthroughs and potential. But um, yeah. I'm just so glad you're joining us, Cassandra, and I hope you can come back soon and we'll we'll have to do a, a catch up of like, wow, we yeah, maybe a, a post post eclipse, uh, you we'll, know, we'll, 
uh, prognosis. <laughs> sure. Did we survive it? <laughs> right. <laughs> I yeah, yeah. It. <laughs> they're a little bit exciting. You know, I don't, some people are really fearful of eclipses, but I find them, you know, there can be an energy drain during that sort of bardo between eclipses. Um, it's a bit like Christmas, New Year, like, what day of the week is it? What should I be doing? Everything feels a little bit different. Extended animation. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, I think, again, the idea of a light source being blocked and then visible again, it's that sort of something seen, unseen, and then seen in a different light is, is a good takeaway. I always go back to what is happening, you know, astronomically in the sky can be such a potent part of the the interpretation which sometimes we sort of forget to do that stuff a little bit in astrology mm, yeah very very cool all right well that wraps up another edition of star sound speaks and um thank you again and and um i know we'll we'll be seeing you all next time and uh, if you have any questions you know again leave your comments below and uh, like share and subscribe it always helps the channel and Thanks remember so much. Yeah. kelly kelly's uh um Cassandra Kelly and Alicia's podcast is called um, what, the, the Water Trio or just Water Trio? Well, either the Water Trio, water, technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah the three of us. Yeah. So more great conversations with Cassandra. All right. Well, thank you again. And we will all see you next time. This is early on. Thanks so much. Concert. Yay. Sorry, didn't mean to catch you up. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, <laughs> Yeah, Star Sound Speaks, Irliana Samsara and Cassandra Tyndall. And um, thank you all for listening. Have a great one. Bye for now. See you later. Bye.